Well, put your hands together this morning if you love him. Go ahead right there. Lord, we thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. You may be seated this morning. Glad you're here. Uh, last day of 2023. Who would have thunk it? Ah, my goodness. I remember how many times have we heard over the years that this is the year that the Lord is going to return. I remember they wrote a book in 1988, The Return of the Lord. I, I just, uh, I remember Y2K, the year 2000. This, we're going to turn the, we're going to freak all the computers out. Must be the coming of the Lord. Uh, uh, so many different times and seasons that we live in and and all of them we want to bring into a nutshell as though we can predict what is exactly is going to happen. But the fact of the matter is there's so many things that just rest in the hands, uh, the Lord's hands. But I want to let you know this morning that he's coming and he is going to return. But greater than that, he's already here living in your heart if you've accepted him as your personal Lord and Savior. You can know him today. You know, over the years past... You know, we, we spent this day, and we used to have New Year's Eve services and watch hour and all those different things, and we would sit back and we would think, and we'd ask the Lord, what's to come in 2024? What's to come in the, the new year? And we always did this numerology thing. Okay, well, what, was, what does 24 mean? And what does 2009? What does letter 9 mean? Uh, I mean, so we would just kind of try to dissect and find God in a number, and I'm not against numerology, but... We don't live there, right? And then we would come up with these slogans, more in 24 or, or whatever. I mean, it just everything that, that would appeal to uh, people's uh, um, uh, vision and uh, forward-looking focus. And uh, not saying it was a bad thing or a, a good thing. It's just kind of the things that, that people do. And it's all good because the Bible says you got to have a vision. you got to have something before you. Or, uh, or you're going to perish. You're going to cast off restraint and just kind of do whatever it is that your flesh wants you to do. But, you know, 2024, I just, uh, I think it's going to be a fantastic year for the believer. I think it's going to be a fantastic year for God's people. It's going to be a great year for the church. And, uh, you know, I was talking to... Uh, Jonathan and, and Aaron a little bit ago, and hey, hey, what's going what's going down in 2024? Our prophecy is going to continue to unwind. We're going to watch it. We're going to continue to see wars and rumors of wars. We're going to continue to see famines and earthquakes and divers places. We're going to continue to see all of the the predictions of you know Yellowstone blowing its cap and and uh, China going into Taiwan and one we're going all that's just going to continue. So you already know all that. Right? So, hallelujah. Okay, sarah, sarah. And we know that not because it's, we see with our own eyes. We know that and we believe that because it's written in the book. But what does that mean to us? What are we going to do? How, how are we going to live next year? I want us to open our Bibles to the book of Philippians chapter 3. When I was coming up in church back in the mid-80s, uh, we had a, a spiritual mentor, a spiritual father that, that uh, was a great missionary. His name was Dr. Lester Sumrall. He, he would write these books, I Predict uh, 1988. I remember he wrote a book, I Predict This and I Predict That. And, and he would just kind of break down scriptures in his prediction. Of course, we, we don't live under the auspice of like a, a, a Nostradamus that... that that uh, takes Bible and tries to create a picture in your imagination and bring things to down to. But what about what do you predict for you for next year? 
right? I mean, isn't that what everybody's concerned with? At the end of the day, what, what does next year mean to us? Uh, how is our lives going to be affected next year? And how are we going to live our lives next year? And I guess a bigger question is, how did we like 2023, right? Anybody like 2023 or is everybody just ready to turn the calendar? Remember COVID? Everybody's like, I hate this year. Let's just turn the calendar. Break that down on a personal level in your home, your family, your finances, your relationships, um, everything that, that you went through and experienced last year in 2023. And we just have to ask ourselves a question is, are we satisfied with that? Do we go, 2024 is just a new day. We're going to write numbers on our check differently. It's going to be 24. I'm sure some of us will still put 23 for those of you that still write checks. Um, But did we like 2024? Did we like the outcomes? Did we like who we became? Did we we like our prayer life? Were uh, were we excited about our devotion and dedication to God? Did did, did we learn more about God? Did we learn more about ourselves? Uh, Did we get freer in our our flesh? Or were we still uh, under the power of certain devices and vices that we couldn't get free from? Uh, When we got up in the mirror today, 2023, going into... Can you look in the mirror and say, hey, I like what I see. I like the man, the woman, the young man, the young lady that I have become. Man, 2023 was good to me. Look at me now. I like what I see. And, and if that is you and that's the case, that, that's obviously a good thing because you've made some progress and to uh, developing into the person that you want to be and to become. The Apostle Paul said this way, I'll travail and I'll pray again until, and I, I pray until Christ is formed in you. So I guess the question is, when you look at yourself in the mirror as a Christian, do you see more of the nature of God in your life? than the year before. Are you, are you excited about the outcomes? David said this. He said, as the deer panteth for the water brook, so my lo- soul longs for thee, O God. Are you more hungry for God now than you were uh, yesterday? So these are the questions we have to ask ourselves if we're going to sit and say, hey, it's a brand new year. I've got some resolutions, new year resolutions. I'm going to do more of this. I'm going to eat less. I'm going to work out more. I'm going to smoke less. I'm going to drink less. I'm going to read the Bible more. I'm going to do whatever it is you feel like you have to improve on yourself. We can set all these parameters and all these resolutions, but something that I found out about resolutions is that they go on for about maybe three weeks if you're lucky. And it's like, well, well I didn't say that. Um, what are you talking about? I didn't make that promise to myself. Because old habits are hard to break. Rhythms and patterns and issues in one's life is hard to break. It's more than just a mental ascent and the turn the page on the calendar. And tomorrow I'm going to have the strength to do it that I didn't have today. Tomorrow I'm going to have the drive to do it that I didn't have today. I'm going to read the Bible this year and I'm going to read it through in one year. And then you got to Leviticus and it was all over from there, right? So who are you going to be? What are you going to become? How hungry are you for the Lord? Let's look at Philippians chapter 3. and Let's see if we can find some things that are going to help us move forward in God. Yeah. Finally, verse 1. 
Paul writes this to the church of Philippi. He says, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. Huh, I guess we can just stop right there. Did you do very much rejoicing last year? The Bible says rejoice in all things. Rejoice in the Lord. To write to the same thing to you, to me indeed, it is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of concision, be, beware of certain things, for they are come of the circumcision would say that worship God in spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus, and we have no confidence in the flesh, though I might also have confidence in the flesh. So what is Paul saying here? He's saying, hey, this ain't about the, the, the flesh. It's not about my abilities. It's not about what I can do. He goes on to say, hey, if anyone has a right to be confident in the flesh, he said, it's me. I mean, verse 5, I was circumcised on the eighth day. I was a stock of Israel. I was the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews. Touching the law, I was a Pharisee. And what he's basically saying, I, 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 knew, I knew a thing. I was a scholar. I, I've got understanding. I mean, as it pertained to Paul, he was high up in in the, the, the religious aura. He, he was a Pharisee. He was a persecutor of the church. He knew the Bible. He knew the law. He knew the Torah. He, he knew the sacrifices. He, he was a very bright and brilliant man. So he, if, if anyone had the right to brag about something, Paul had the right to brag about something. Look what he says in verse 6. Concerning zeal, I persecuted the church. He goes on to say, touching righteousness, which is in the law, I was blameless. Look at this guy. For what things we were gained to me, those things I counted lost for Christ. Huh. Yet doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I might win Christ. All right, let's, let's just look at this. Paul is recounting his past. He's recounting everything that he's accomplished. He's recounting everything that he's done. He's just thinking and looking. I've worked from a young child. I was of the tribe of Benjamin. I was, a he I was groomed from a young child to become a, a stutterer of the law, to become a scholar of the law, a Pharisee of the Pharisees. I was groomed from a child. I, I spent hours and I spent years and decades learning the law, learning the practice. I was zealous for it. I was groomed for a certain position. I mean, just think about this for a moment. That if you spent 30 years of your life to become something and when you became everything that you wanted to be and you were getting the praise of everybody for your efforts and then all of a sudden out of a revelation that comes to your life, you say, it's all dung. Wow. Very hard to throw that away from your life. Wouldn't you think? I mean, how hard would it be to give that up? The praise of men, the accolades of your peers. Look at me. The respect when you walk down the street. You live on the in the right neighborhood. You have the respect of all your peers. You have influence and counsel. I mean, you are something on a stick. You are really somebody. Now, <clears throat> I just look at Paul and I think, well, that was never me. 
I never had the respect of my peers. I never had a seat on council. I was nothing but a, a wasted addict that was on a journey searching for truth and hoping that I could find it. But, but so you would look at me and you say, well, you needed Jesus and you needed God in your life and you needed to know about, about truth and you, you needed to walk away from who you were because who you were was just not a very good person. Can I get a witness up in here? You just, you weren't that good. But this isn't Paul. This isn't, this isn't Paul. Paul is that guy. He's the man. He's that guy. He's the one that gets the respect of everyone that has the right garb and the right cloth, clothing and the presence that, that commanded authority because of the sacrifices he made to become what he became. A Hebrew of Hebrews, a Pharisee of Pharisees, zealous and a persecutor of the church. If anybody comes to try to stop this, the Judaism and the sacrifice, and, and everything that we believe in the Torah and the law and the practice, I will kill you. Wow. Have you ever been on fire for something so much in your life that you said, if you come against this, I will kill you. No, this is real stuff right here, right? This isn't, this isn't some uh, uh, fictional book. This, this isn't some fairy tale story. This is the life. This is history. This is the beginning and the understanding of the church and, and the people that were converted from Judaism or, or heathenism and paganism into what is called today. And then Christianity to know God and to press forward towards him. Some of us don't have to give up anything. We're ready to get rid of our past because we hate our past. But no, not Paul. Paul has got something worth holding on to in the eyes of society and his peers and is something that he's worked very hard for. Yet here in a moment, he says, all these things downless, I count them all but lost for one thing. He found a greater prize. The pearl of great price, the lost coin, if you will. He had all these things that the world and his peers could give him, but he found something more valuable. This is the question. If we're going to have change in 2024, you've got to ask yourself a question. Do I have something more valuable that I'm seeking after in 2024 that I would say the way that I lived my life and everything that I achieved and accepted and done became or did not become, I count it as dung. I got, I'm forgetting that stuff and we'll read on here in just a moment. If you want to be a different person in 2024 because you don't like the outcomes of 2023, you got to have a little bit of this in your mind. I, I got whatever it was, good, bad, or indifferent, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I've got to consider it all but dung for the excellency that I might come in to Christ, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. You know, this is really easier said than done because we all have the same amount of hours in the day. We have 24 hours and we devote those 24 hours to many different things. We'll devote them to our family. We devote them to flesh. We devote them, we devote them to, uh, to eating. We devote them to sleeping. We devote them to our job. We devote them to all kinds of things for the purpose of living out our lives in hopes of achieving a feeling, a goal, a 
success, a position, a liberty, a freedom to think how we want and be how we want and go where we want to go and vacation when we want to vacation, to have a, have a bunch of digits in our bank account and, and have a solid relationship with our family. And so we, we exchange our hours and hope for a, an expected end. Is that not right? Paul exchanged hours in school and study and the law and the tour because he had an expected outcome and he achieved that expected outcome. I was the Pharisee of Pharisees. If anyone has a right to brag about their accomplishments, it is me. All have the same hours in a day to devote those hours to a particular purpose, a cause, an intent. The hours that we spent last year, I would hate to even look. I don't even want to see how many hours I spent online last year. Wasted time. Some of you could say the same thing. I don't even want to know how many hours I spent on the Game Boy. I don't even want to know how many hours I sat there and just... I mean, if we could just break those hours down. I don't know why. I don't want to know how many hours I just spent there and just a numb stuber trying to forget the worries of my life and hoping this buzz will give me a little bit of relief. How many hours did we spend in wasted time and yet still expected a certain end? If you're thinking that certain uh, activities are going to produce anything other than the fruit of that activity, you are sadly deceived. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. If you're sowing to nothing, you're going to get nothing. Hello. (laughs) If you sow to the flesh, you're going to of the flesh reap corruption. I mean, no one says I'm going to become a great pianist and never devote any time to it. No one ever says I'm going to become more like Jesus in 2024 and doesn't devote any time to it. If you don't like your outcomes, you got to check how you're spending your time. Hello, somebody. Oh, this isn't me preaching to you. This is me preaching to us. Think back last year at 2022 turning into 2023 and think about, oh man, I'm going to change this. But here we are 12 months later and how many of us are in the same cycle? How many of us are dealing with the same issues? How many of us are still walking in the same depression, the same oppression, the same problem, the same crisis, the same, uh, I can't make my bills meet. I can't, I can't get, get the job that I want. I, I, I can't, I'm no further along than I was when I said I was going to do something different from 2022 to 2023. Nothing has changed. It's been wash, rinse, and repeat. And the world is spinning around me. And here I am on this treadmill. Doing my Michael Jackson. 
Paul was a very disciplined man. He was a very diligent man. We know this from his lifestyle and the outcomes to which it produced in the highest degree. If anyone could boast, it was him. If anyone could defend the faith, it was him. He was at the height of his profession. But then all of a sudden, something happened to Paul that says, no matter what I've gained in my past, I counted all but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I might win Christ. He said, there's nothing that I've done in my life, there's nothing that I've achieved in my life that can be compared to what I have found in my life. Hmm. Over here is a pearl of precious price. Over here is a worthless stone. I thought this was the pearl. I thought this was the price. I thought this was the goal. Wait a minute. There's more? And when he found the more, that lost all of its bling. If you still think what you're holding on to has bling and value, and you haven't realized yet, it's a pile of crap. You're just walking around in a manure field, and you think you're... <laughs> You think you're walking on a crystal highway. We're just over here. <laughs> you can't, you're nose blind. You can't even smell the stench of your own life. And Paul, he, he, he was, as I said before, you wouldn't think this man's treading manure. He's somebody. But when he found this, he said, I've been playing in dung. Now that was easy for me when I got saved because truly the addiction and the pain and the guilt and the shame and the uncleanness and the lust and the, and the, and the paranoia and the fear, it was a real thing. I wanted out of the dung, but I didn't know what I was going to get. I didn't know where the pearl, I didn't know what the pearl was. I, I didn't know where the, the truth lied. Oh, I wanted out of here, but I was stuck, man. I was. But one day, the, I didn't find the pearl. The pearl visited me in my dung and said, hey, I can show you the way out of here if you want to. Come out. But no, that wasn't Paul. It was Paul was like, he had it all, man. And he found this pearl of truth. He found this, this prize of knowledge of Christ. And he said, this is all done. What is the revelation here? What, what, what must I now, now, of course, we can just break down the gospel. You know the gospel. God sent his son, Jesus, God eternal. We talked about a lot of this last week came to redeem us, but he didn't come to redeem us to walk around in our dung. He came to redeem us to give us a new and living way. 
he came to say, wait a minute, I know this is your life, and this is what you do, and this is how you live, and this is your your occupation. I want to show you how to bring value to it. You know, Paul walked away from everything, but we, we, we can't just up and walk away and say, I'm, I'm leaving this, I'm leaving my family. I'm leaving the... He's not talking about all that being done. He's just talking about your knowledge and the application of all your energy, talents, and effort. If it's not in seek, it's not in use for the excellency of Christ, it's done. You know, Paul had to learn a lot of these things because he did write two-thirds of the New Testament based upon his former knowledge of the Torah and the law. I mean, what a, what a more perfect guy to, to, to write out uh, how God uh, sees sanctification and, and justice and righteousness and, 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 and the order of the church and, 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 and the order of the, the apostles and, and the structure of the, of the church body. Uh, who better than a man who knew God in the Torah but found <clears throat> eternal life in Jesus Christ? Wait a minute. <clears throat> I know the Torah. Is that the Torah manifested over here? And he's going to add to this understanding and revelation, and his name is Jesus. Let me use everything that I've learned. Let me use everything that I had. Uh, let me not sit here and parade it around like some pearl of great price, because in comparison to this, this was dung. This is nothing more than a tutor and a schoolmaster to get me over here to the revelation of the excellency of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Someone say amen. amen. So... We have to ask ourselves this personal question. You know, there's a great battle going on right now, probably such as never been seen before in human history. There's a spiritual battle. The church don't talk about spiritual battles anymore. They don't talk about you have an adversary, the devil, who goes to and fro throughout the whole earth seeking to see who he may devour. We don't talk about, you know, that's the enemy that's manipulating your child. We just say, oh, they have a problem. And we, and we seek counsel because we don't know how to pray anymore. We don't know how to cast out devils anymore. We don't know how to tarry until we're not alone anymore. We don't know how to pray through until we break through anymore. We don't know how to break through to peace until, until the peace of God comes upon us. No, we, we treat our prayer life like we treat... Scrolling TikTok, we can barely get through 30 seconds without switching it up. We can't capture our mind anymore. We can't bring our thoughts captive anymore. Our minds race and they run. And Satan in the world and the system does everything it can do to, it possibly can, to download satanic lies and propaganda in your mind to do nothing more than to destroy your faith and get your eyes off of the prize and get you back over here thinking that the dung has value. Do we even practice our faith anymore? The enemy has disguised himself. There's such a great deception and an assault going on today against Christianity than, uh, than any time that I know that I've been alive. It's, 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 a, it's a real deal. It's a real fight. 
I can't tell you. The hours that I spend online, I spend most of the time defending the faith. And apologetics against Muslims and, and ex-Christians and, and atheists. And I'm there. I get on their lives. I was on a live yesterday morning, a Muslim, and he had, he had a Christian on there, and there's hundreds of people listening, and he, he accepted my, my live. And man, I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost hit me as I was explaining to him Christian theology and why the Quran is a lie. Without lies, Islam dies. Period. Most of the church ain't even got the guts to stand up and say anything anymore. Why the enemy uses all types of demonic deception in religion and sucks your brothers and sisters and sucks your sons and daughters right out of the kingdom of God and we do nothing because we don't have a defense. We don't know how to answer questions. I was talking to my wife. Can I say? I said, okay, honey, here's, here's, here's one of the debates that, that I entered into. I don't know which one it was, but it was. No, I know that, but it was a, it was a, it was a question on Jesus. Which one was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. So the question is, Jesus, <clears throat> there's two, two, two arguments here. It says, well, Jesus, Jesus, you say Jesus is God. And they'll come back and say, but your Bible says when Jesus spoke to the rich man, he said, don't call me good because there's only one good, which is our Father in heaven. Well, if you don't know the scripture, number one, that's not what it says. He says, why do you call me good? There is none good but my Father in heaven. You know something here? You, getting, you copping a revelation? And the second one is, well, Jesus said that nobody knows the day or the hour. And you're telling me Jesus is God and he's omniscient, omnowing, but yet he doesn't even know the coming, his second coming? What would you say to that? How would you even answer that? No one knows but my Father which is in heaven. What would you say to that? I would simply say, Jesus emptied. Well, I asked my wife, what would you say to that? She said, hold on a minute, I'll call my husband. No, I said, here's my husband's phone number. Here's my And maybe that's not your journey. And maybe that's not your fight. I don't know. I don't know. But they're coming after your kids. They're coming after your neighbor. They're coming after the church. And I said, well, the Bible says that Jesus emptied himself. 
He condescended to men of low esteem. Don't you know Christian theology? Jesus, God, the Son, became a man. He, in order to be, do that, he had to empty himself. He had to give something up to get inside of the womb of Mary to come as a man, to walk as a terrestrial, to bring you back to celestial, to pay the price for Adam's sin in which you were in him when he did. I mean... Oh, Jesus knows everything now. <laughs> but he chose to empty himself. It's a battle. And they use the Bible against you. That's why the Apostle Paul said it this way. <clears throat> he said, I didn't come with enticing words of men's wisdom. But I came rather in power and demonstration that your, your faith wouldn't be in just what I said, but it would be in the power of God. If you're a Christian, you need to seek out the power of God in your life. It's not some abstract ideal and it's not for somebody else. It's for you. The Holy Ghost and the manifested tangible presence of God is for you. The Holy Ghost on the inside of you, the Holy Ghost upon you, the Holy Ghost before you, the Holy Ghost around you, the Holy Ghost everywhere in you. It's for you. If you don't have the confirming power of the Holy Ghost in your life to help you hold on to the little bit that you do know, you'll be one of those deconstructionists. You'll be one of those ex-Christians. You'll be one of those was a Christian turned atheist. Was a Christian turned Muslim. Was a Christian. Oh no, not me. Then stay in your bunker, man, because they're coming for you and your children. Well, why are they coming? Do you watch and monitor the times and the hours and where your kids go, your family goes, your sons and daughters go, your moms and dads go? Do you watch what they go do online? Do you know where they're at? They may not be coming knocking on your door like a little Jehovah Witness anymore. They're right there where they're at and they are coming with all manner of lies and deception. You need the Holy Ghost. You need the power of God. How did I get over there? It's a fight. It is a fight. Paul said, hey, none of that means nothing to me. I am a defender of the faith. And I will call out your lies. And anything you have to say to me about God, you better have it in Scripture and it better be scripturally sound, confirming itself with other Scriptures or I will call you a liar. 
this is all we have, people. This is your solace, your foundation, your cornerstone. If the enemy can take just one little crack and just keep hammering at one little issue and, or just keep pounding on that one little toe of yours and just that one little fallacy, that one little question you have in your mind, that, that one little doubt, he's just going to keep pounding at it and pounding at it and pounding at it. And eventually you open the door, here comes the floodgate of deception. And if you don't know God, you're gone. The Bible says that in the last days, the deception is going to be so strong that if God didn't shorten the days, the very elect would be deceived. Do you know him? And I want you to know right now, in 2024, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't have the answer, or you have a question, or the enemy's pounding you with doubt and unbelief because somebody took a scripture and they broke it down out of context and they threw it in your face and you can't deal with it in your mind and it's causing you to your faith to become weak, baby, call me. You got a fighter in your corner. I don't fear any of that. None of it. I know in whom I have believed. Woo! And he is alive and well. He's a blessed son of God. The second person of the blessed Godhead. And he's coming again. Oh, Lord, have mercy. 2023, 2024, if I do the same thing that I did here, at 2024 to 2025 will be no difference except maybe a few more pounds, a few more wrinkles, a few less dollars, a few less friends, a little bit more bondage. Nothing's changed. But it don't have to be that way, my friend. He said, I, I count it all but loss. It's dung. And, be, and verse 9, and be found in him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith, that verse 10, that I might know him. That I might, why, why, did, why did he say his life was nothing but dung? Why'd he give all that up? Why would you give up your, your, your addiction? Why would you give up your, 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 your crisis behavior and your endorphin dopamine hits that you get every day? And why, why would you give up that? Why would you give up your way of thinking? Why would you give up your buddies? Why would you take the persecution of family members? I mean, you, can you imagine? Paul lost everything and everybody. He left his family. He left his church. He left the, the order, the priesthood. He left it. For what? That I might know him. 
2023. Are you willing to leave the cycle that has ended you up in despair or disbelief or oppression and circular treadmill getting nowhere in life syndrome? You want to change? It ain't going to change because you show up to the gym. It's not going to change because you work more hours. It's not going to change because you read more self-help books. It's not going to change for, because you're going to try to create a brand new habit. You're going to start a new diet. It's only going to change when you realize that that is nothing in comparison to what I'm going after. I want this more than I want that. The proof of desire is in the pursuit of a thing. You can't tell me you want this more than you want that, but you won't pray, you won't read, you won't witness, you won't, you won't talk to God, you won't study, you won't get into the Bible, you won't even listen to Christian music, man. And you're telling me and you're telling God, I want you more than I want this. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I say? Can I preach a little bit this morning or we just want to get soft soaped and feel good when we leave? We need some conviction back in our life. We need some more sanctification and challenge back in our life. We need a revelation and an understanding that what we're going after is more valuable than what we're leaving. His name is Jesus. And if I got to give up loved ones and family members and jobs and dreams and personal ambitions to get that my status in the community it's i got you but is it done to you Jesus said, if you don't love me more than you love your mom and dad, you're not even worthy of my kingdom. I didn't come to bring, bring peace. Do you find me in more value than anything in your life? Muslim said the other day, he said, so God, God sent. You take God. Does God know everything? Yeah, God knows everything. Did God know that Adam was going to fall? Yeah, God knew Adam was going to fall. Did God know that he was going to have to sacrifice his son to pay the price for the sins of Adam and the sins of man, become a blood sacrifice? He, he knew all that? Yeah, he knew, he knew all that. It's like, that don't make sense. Why would an all-knowing God set, his, set Adam up to fail so he could sacrifice his son for Adam, who he knew he was going to fail. Does that make sense to you? We don't need the blood of Jesus to forgive us of our sins. We just ask Allah and he forgives us of our sins. And then we pray this way and we do this and we do that. And we, we offer up all these works and he just forgives us. My question to them, him was, What is God? Oh, no, no, not, not creator, not this, all. We know all that. But what does the word say God is? Anybody know? God is love. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> 
Man, you can't handle the truth, honey. God isn't loving you. God is what love is. What was it that crucified Christ from the foundation of the world to have a relationship with the created human family that would fail in perfection because they are not God? It's called love. Yeah, but Allah doesn't require all that. That's because he doesn't love you. He didn't do nothing for you. I just, I just ask Allah and he forgives me. And then I do this and I do that. And I said, you're working your way to his love. My God showed his love in his son from the foundation of the world that it was important and imperative to him to have a relationship with his human family no matter what the cost because I love them. I am love. That is love. Keep working your way to Allah and your 70 virgins. God is love. No greater love have a man known than this, that a man would lay down his life for a friend. Not much the less that a man would lay down his life for his enemies. I'm talking next level love. I'm talking about, I just don't love you. I am love and I can't help but be what I am. And what I am must be proven out in eternity. I ask you just why why would God do that? Because God is love. That is the manifestation of love. What is love? God? That's God manifesting himself in as love. They'd be like, I keep working my way back to you, baby. I'm a lucky you. You're blind. You're deceived. Come out and be saved. Repent. Give your life to Christ or perish. It's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. You will split hell wide open, rejecting the love of God that was manifested in his son, Jesus Christ, for the propitiation of your sin, God's righteous wrath and God's righteous judgment and God's manifested grace. There it is in a nutshell. The cross was satisfying the love. The, the cross satisfied God's, God's law and justice and it manifested God's love and mercy all in the same package. No. You just want your own way. You just want to worship a false prophet, Muhammad who groomed a six-year-old and married her at nine in your own hadith, will tell you that. I can't get any help up in here. Do it in a 
Is there any fighters in the house? Are you willing to defend the faith? Are you willing to fight for what you believe in? Are you willing to get in a foxhole for your kids? Are you just going to let them? Where are the men at? Where are the women of prayer cloth and, and, and travail and prayer hour and where are the men of God that move mountains on their knees and stand up in defense of the gospel under the power and the unction of the Holy Ghost? You know what the guy did? He cut me off. He said, you got too much spirit. I said, you got that right. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. No devil, no death, no demon, no fake religion, no lie from Satan, no lie from the pit of hell can withstand the power of God that lives in the body of Christ. Do you know him? I, ain't, I don't even know why I'm preaching. Forgive me if you don't like preaching. I normally don't. Oh, we're going 2024. That's right. I'm done. He says this. Remember this here and I'll finish. By any means that I might obtain unto. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute. He goes a little deeper here. You ready for this? That I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. Just give me the power, Lord. Let my brother keep the suffering. I need to be comfortable in my revelation knowledge. I need to be comfortable if I'm to know you. Because if there's anything I learn or anything I have to go through or anything there's to know about you that brings suffering, give it to somebody else. Power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being made conformable unto his death. Oh, you mean I'm giving up everything to be conformed unto the death of Christ? I've worked my whole life. I'm something on a stick. Look at uh, who I am. I, I got people that like me. <laughs> I'm going to give all that up to be conformed unto. Conformable unto his death. If by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. There you go. The pearl of great price. Obtain unto the resurrection of the dead. Oh, newsflash, nobody gets out of here alive. Yeah, but I'm young. You ain't promised tomorrow. I got my whole life in front of me. Really? There's somebody your age, your hair color, the eyes, your eye color, your height, your weight that was here yesterday that's not here today. They might even have the same last name as you, the same first name as you, the same color as hair that you have. They were here yesterday, and they're not here today. They're your age. They're 10-year-olds. They're 19-year-olds. They're 5 years old. They're in the womb. They're 90 years old. They're 60 years old. They're 45 years old. They were here yesterday. They won't see 2024, but somehow... You're guaranteed. Huh. 
You're guaranteed. Well, I never thought they would die. I never, I never thought my grandbaby would die in a car accident. I never thought my daughter-in-law would die of a drug overdose. I, I never thought that, that, that daddy would go home so early. I, I never thought mom would die of cancer at such a young age. I, I never thought. No, you never thought because you, you thought they, they were promised something. Just like you think you're promised something. I'm, I'm promised tomorrow. There's coming a day you're going to tie your shoes for the last time, my friend. There's coming a day you're going to drink your last cup of coffee and drink your last Red Bull and have your last sip of wine and kiss your wife for the last time. There's coming a day. Yeah, but that's down the road. What, you God? It's appointed on the man once to die and then judgment. Everyone has an appointed day, an appointed time, and you don't know yours. Doesn't matter. Not to the resurrection of life. The pain rests with the living. The glorification comes from the crossing over. If you're in him, do you know him? Or are you just clinging to this life? I'm afraid to die. I'm afraid of death. I got a whole life in front of me. I don't want to die. You don't know him. Jesus didn't die for us to live eternity out in a dung heap. If by any means I might obtain unto the resurrection of the dead. Woo! How many of you want to live forever? <laughs> yeah. The resurrection of the dead. What is the resurrection? Some event no, the resurrection is Jesus himself. I am the resurrection and I am the life. He that believeth upon me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. I am the pearl of great price and it's worth giving everything up that you hold dear in your life. If it costs you that to get this, it's worth it. Trust me, it's worth it. Jesus says, trust me, it's worth it. I know it's hard to understand. Trust me, it's worth it. Here, let me prove it to you. I'm gonna let him kill me. I'm gonna let him crucify me. I'm gonna let him bleed me out. I'm gonna let him poke me with a sword. I'm gonna let him wrap me in grave clothes. I'm gonna have him put me in a tomb and watch me, watch me, watch me. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you it's gonna be worth it. You're gonna know this. You're gonna see it. You're gonna get a revelation. You're gonna get an understanding. Three days later, the stone was rolled away. Jesus raised up from the dead, showed himself infallible proof of his resurrection over to five, over 500 witnesses. Other graves popped open. Those that he preached in paradise that he was the Christ that was, it is, and is to come. I'm him. Popped the graves open. He walked the grounds. 500 people saw him. It's an historical fact. Jesus is alive. He defeated death, hell, and the grave. And if you're in him, you cannot lose. Is it worth then to you? How do you know? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I got to finish. I, I didn't expect to, to, to do this, but I got to. Uh, not that I'd. Verse, verse 12, I'm going to just read this out. I'm going to stop preaching. 
not as though I had already attained either were already perfect, but I follow after that which I may be apprehended that for which I am also apprehended of in Christ. In other words, I'm after that for which I've been, that, that I've been called for. I'm after that for the reason I'm alive. I'm going after why I'm here. You would think it's to be that Hebrew of Hebrews. Nope, wrong. <laughs> Hate to break the news to you, <clears throat> but if you thought all your personal human endeavors and ambitions was it, <clears throat> it's in everything you do glorify God. Watch this. Brother, and I count myself not to have apprehended. I'm not there yet, but this one thing I do. I forget 2023 and those things which are behind me. And in 2024, I'm reaching forth for those things which are before me. Verse 14, I press towards the mark. I got a bulls, I got a circle and a bulls, I got a mark. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. If there's ever a time to get serious about God, my friend, it's now. And would to God, if I could scare you into it, I would. I could have spent this whole service breaking down what's unfolding around the world that would just make you want to go home and build a bunker and buy a bunch of canned goods. But would it make you go after God? If you won't go after him for love, you want to go after him for fear? Is this the love of God that's manifested? Is this the God relationship that you want to have? I'm scared to death, God, so I'm coming to you. No, God, I'm not afraid of anything. I'm in love with you, and this means nothing. And here I come, King of kings and Lord of lords. I press towards the mark with the high colors in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, many, be as perfect, be thus minded. If anything, ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this to you. Nevertheless, whereunto ye have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us mind the same thing. 2024. Ha. Yeah. Can we pray? Father, I don't know anymore. I don't even know. <clears throat> Father, I, I pray today every person under the sound of your word would be pricked in their heart by the love of God and the conviction of the Holy Spirit to go after you, to know you in the fullness of who you are, to know the truth that I might be free, to learn how to prioritize and value what really means anything in this life. Pray, Father God, that we seek you in your word like we never sought you before, God. <clears throat> Reveal yourself. <clears throat> the power of your resurrection, the fellowship of your suffering. Father God, we just repent. There's no one in this place that is where they need to be in relationship to you. We just, we just repent, God, and we say, Lord God, we want more. We, 
worship you, Lord. You have brought Come on, Noah, just worship him. Such a freedom. I have found Let's stand to our feet and just put your attention on him this morning.